from the Allen Samuel Studios. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Yesterday, you uh, dropped in front of me your Dave Campbell Texas Football Magazine, which you subscribe to, and as such, you get one of the first issues. And I was perusing that over the course of the show yesterday. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor, by Alliance Bank Central Texas, by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive, where Waco gets engaged. And when I left here, I immediately called the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, talked to William there, and said, hey, do you have any copies of Texas football? And William says, um, yeah, I think we might have a few left, a few left. All right, hold on to one. I'm coming right now. So I went down there uh, straight to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, and I walk in, and he's got like five copies up on the counter. And I thought when he said, we've got a few, maybe that was it. And then you look around the counter, and they've got like a thousand or something <laughs> that have been delivered in a pallet full. So William was pulling my chain. They, they have them there. So I can tell you for a fact they've got them at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame on University Parks Drive in Waco. And they've got uh, a plentiful amount so uh, that's where you can get a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. You're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It is the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton, and we've got a great show for you today with some of John's best conversations from the last few months. We'll hear John talk with the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland. He'll talk Oklahoma baseball and softball as well as the Sooners move to the SEC. We will hear from the Baylor Bee Association, Walter Abercrombie, also obviously former Baylor football great Walter Abercrombie, as he announced the 2023 induction class for the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame on the John Morris Show recently. But first, we will hear John's conversation with Baylor acrobatics and tumbling head coach Fee Mulkey after the team won its eighth consecutive national championship. And here is that conversation. You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us, and as promised, we are joined now by Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey, just back from the NCAA Women's Coaches Academy in Denver, where, uh, Coach, you were not only uh, there, but you were presenting, uh, and welcome to you. Thanks for being on with us today. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, always fun to be here. Uh, so, yeah, I was, um, I'm actually on faculty. I was on the faculty at the Women's Coaches Academy. And I have to point out, so Treasure Fields, my director of ops, actually attended and was part of this year's, uh, it's kind of a celebratory year for them, their 20th year having this Coaches Academy. Wow. So Treasure was part of that. Isn't that cool? Very cool. Very cool. And so tell me more about the Women's Coaches Academy. Is it for coaches of all sports from schools all around the country? 
It is. So it's run by um, an organization called We Coach. They are wonderful. I love this organization. Um, their executive director, um, I think that's her title. She's the head honcho, so whatever her title is. But her name is Vanessa Fuchs. And uh, she has a background as a, a college student athlete and was, I think, the SWA at Florida State for a little bit. So she has, you know, a stint in um, administration and a love for coaching. And she um, is is running the ship. And uh, they, they have programs for uh, I think all coaches, all female, all women coaches of all sports. So there is there are pro. This particular one um, was for college coaches, but they also have programming throughout the year for coaches at the high school level as well. Huh. So they just ha- it is just such a great organization and so supportive. It's such a great community and a great resource. So anybody that is a female coach, I encourage them to look them up and and take part in some of their programming because it is great. Very cool. Sounds like, uh, and you said you've been there the last five or six years, sounds like something right up your alley, really promoting <laughs> women's sports and, and female coaches also. I, I I can't, I don't, I sadly don't remember. I've been there a, n- a number of times as part of their faculty. I've never attended um, the academy. And so the fun story about that is I've been following the, this organization. I won't say for 20 years, as long as they've been around. Right. I've been following it for a while. And, you know, when we first started acrobatics and tumbling, we weren't an NCAA sport. So I couldn't go to the academy Oh yeah, because we were not an NCAA sport. I was, you know, so envious and wanted to go. So I actually <laughs> ended up doing this podcast at one point, um, <laughs> excuse me, with the lady at that time that was the CEO. And she was just asking about the sport. And so I was doing my typical A&T education. Right. And she circled back with me one day and said, hey, see, I was wondering if you'd want to present at the Women's Coaches Academy. And John, no one, thank goodness it wasn't a Zoom call because I completely fangirled when they asked me to do it. Yeah. Now, out loud, out loud, that, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, that sounds great. But I'm hand over the receiver of the phone, jumping up and down, like, oh my gosh, I get to go. <laughs> that is great. So I'm just, I'm really honored every time they ask me to come. And it, it, it is, uh, you laugh, you cry. I mean, I'm only there for 24 hours. You know, Treasure got the full experience. And, I've been there, I guess, enough now to experience all the little pieces of it, not ever at one time. And um, you just laugh, you cry, you you listen to other people around the country who have the same challenges and you lift each other up. I mean, it is it really just fills my cup every time I go. So I'm eternally grateful. Every time they ask me, I'm like, yes, I'll be there. Don't. You don't even wow. have to ask me. Yeah, <laughs> ask that me sounds twice. great. That sounds so cool. And again, right up your alley. Uh, it looks like by one of the pictures I saw from your presentation there, the, the background says team culture. Was that mm-hmm. one of the topics you spoke on this year? I did. That was that was that was my topic. Was okay. Team culture. Okay. So, um, and if you that was a dog in the background growling. By the way, I'm sorry to all of you. <laughs> I know. I love your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Who made an appearance um, on the coaches show? Not in person, but uh, yeah. by name. Not yet. So, yeah. Soon. Yeah. Yes. Bring them. Bring them next time we have a coaches show. <laughs> but yes, I was able to speak on team culture, and it's my favorite topic. I mean, I have a lot of favorite topics. I guess I think I just talk too much, but it was it was a lot of fun and. Um, you just get so much energy from the room. This was their largest group because it was their 20th anniversary. I think they had 100 participants, and I think it's usually around 40 or 50. Wow. So it was great to connect so many coaches of all uh, college sports across the country. And a uh, pretty receptive audience to what you had to say? I think so, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, they, I got a, you know some high fives after and some questions after. There That's you go. always positive, so yeah. 
Very good. Um, is this uh, is this something that might expand for you and acrobatics and tumbling? You know, as you move in from NCATA to full time NCAA status, um, you think uh, you know A and T may be a little more prominent in this week, Coach? You know, we're yeah, and we're already seeing the growth. And I shared that with the participants when I spoke yesterday. I told them how excited I was when it was my first time to be there. And then a year or two after my first presentation, there there has been, up until this point, you know, one acrobatics and tumbling coach has participated each year. Okay. So for the past couple of years, and this year there were three in the room. Oh, so neat. Yeah. To me, that that's already showing the growth. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> um, I can't wait to see. I, we won't take over. You know how we tend to take over. So hopefully, <laughs> I don't think you'll ever see 15 of us in there, probably. <laughs> but, um, maybe, maybe we'll continue. I think it's a great resource for our coaches. We do a lot of coaches' training within the NCATA, which I think are very beneficial but this this training i would suggest it to any female coach in the country it is just it's really something special very cool very good well congratulations on being selected to come and be a uh presenter and a faculty member there uh that's a kudo to you and your program that you were asked to be there well, thank you. I appreciate that. Good. All right. Let me ask you, uh, we had earlier today, I was talking earlier with Aaron about our athletic department staff meeting this morning, and I thought it was really cool that each of the head coaches got to get up and say basically what you wanted to about a highlight or a celebration moment or something to remember from this past season. Uh, and, and you had just a tremendous story to tell. Would you mind uh, sharing that with our audience this afternoon? Sure. So um, we, I mean, I could talk for hours. I won't. I'll give you guys the Reader's Digest version. So every year, you know, is a journey. And it's the reason that I continue to coach is going through this journey. And there's a physical journey, which is the normal journey where, you know, you get strong, you do this, you do that, you compete, et cetera. And that's the one, that's the easy thing. You know, as hard as it is, that's the easy part. The other journey is the journey of this group of humans coming together to work toward a common goal. And so what I shared this morning was just, um, a couple of moments that let me know that we were progressing through those stages that we needed to progress through um, and kind of brought it, you know, around full circle. So I, uh, there's been a couple of moments during the year. One of the things we look for, I guess I should start there. One of the things we look for is just the communication style and, and everything. And so I observed that all year. And there were a couple moments during the year where it was just really uplifting. We had a freshman step in right before the first meet of the year and and I watched her teammates celebrate her. And as a coach, you look around and look for that because um, it, that's taking someone else's starting lineup spot. So here I am kind of navigating all of these personalities. And, and you want to continue to navigate that all the way through the end of the year. So um, at the championship, there were a few moments, but one in particular where um, I had to explain to the team that it was time for them to want it. It wasn't just me anymore. Like they needed to want it and they needed to come together. And um, throughout this entire year, I'm giving them phrases and thought processes and et cetera. And you hope they're sticking. You don't know. Right, right. You don't know if they're sticking with them. And so after the first meet, um, we didn't have a great first meet, not for us. And we knew that going into that second meet, we were really going to be tested in the semifinals. So I just really handed it to them at the team meeting, and it was up to them. And so the next day, I came into pregame, meal late because I had to be at a meeting. And I came in, and they were all off to the side. Hmm. in a meet, like without any of our staff over there. And I look at the rest of the staff and I'm like, what is going on? And they said, well, they just called their own team meeting. And I'm thinking, great, <laughs> this is going to go great or bad. And um, so I, I kind of, I walked over to get my food, which is near where they were. And admittedly eavesdropped a little bit. And, uh, 
And what I heard was all of those phrases <laughs> and all of those thought processes <laughs> that I've been throwing at them the entire year. They were reiterating them to themselves. And, <laughs> and they were um, they were talking to each other and they were lifting each other up. And, and it was just, I walked away because it wasn't fair for me to listen. I had heard enough. But it was emotional. It yeah. was cool. And I knew in, in those moments we had turned the corner. So I shared that story and I shared a story specifically about one of my student athletes where, and I believe if you, you got to get to the point to have a conversation with someone, a really straightforward conversation if you can get there as a coach and athlete and within a program you're in a good place and we had gotten there this year and I was able to look at this athlete in the eye and just have a really direct conversation with her and after and a lot of them this one in particular well after the season was over and we won I praised our team for that like Mm. the reason we won is because you allowed me to you allowed me to have this conversation with you you not only heard me you you listened you listened and you heard and you you allowed it and you welcomed it and and that's the reason that we were successful this year. I think it's the reason we try to do that every year, be successful. But I had uh, this morning, as I was drinking coffee, texted my athlete, and she's already graduated. And I was like, you know, just checking in, wanted to say, hey, let you know that I shared a story about you yesterday um, at this We Coach event. And um, and I, she knew what I was talking about because we had talked about it postseason, and, you know, about our conversation. Right. Love you, blah, blah, blah. And her response to me was, I would do it all again. Oh. And if you, at the very beginning of the, um, I, I guess I forgot that part, but at the very beginning of the year, that's our goal is can, will our athletes want to do it all again? Yeah. And so yeah. for me, it was like this full circle moment because she said she wanted to do it all again. So that was my um, long winded version of our moment this year. It was a series of moments and it kind of showed that we had progressed through the stages we needed to and, and got to the right place in the season. Gosh, what a great story. You know, from a from a coach's perspective where, like you say, you know, you, you give them this information and you sometimes beat it into their heads, but then when it comes pouring out, you know, your words out of their mouths, you know you're making an impact there. You know they're getting it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's and we can say it until we're blue in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably like parenting. I don't have kids. Dogs are like that too. <laughs> yeah, you do. You got forty-five kids. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, but it, it is fun, and, and well, you know, the interesting thing, and again, it's why I love coaching. We have a lot of returners. We have a, a big freshman class that we will start over at ground zero yeah. next year, going through that that journey of communication and that journey of. Um, getting back to that point where we can have those conversations and communicate in such a way that the team goals are paramount. It's no longer about me. And, you know, we're not doing it justice because it's too much. It would take us hours and hours to get through it. But, man, it's a really cool thing to watch. That is so cool. And the other thing you said was, it really got my attention, was you, you felt like you needed to do that. You needed to really get their attention because you felt like you weren't at your best in the opening, uh, you know, opening matchup, uh, really much better in the second, and then going into the championship. You really needed them to, to be at their peak. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, they were, I think that we're just all human and so different. And if we expect, you know, you're never just going to get there and stay there. And we went through that first meet and they weren't at their best. And if we would have gone in to the second meet, to the semifinals, where the start values were very similar, and they went in in the same headspace, Mm -hmm. the same thought process, we were going to be bested that day. So Mm -hmm. I had to wake them up a little bit and they had to decide. That they wanted it, you know, and we, I would tell you that we peaked probably on the second day. We did well on the third day too, 
Um, but it was that magic. It's that magic moment we look for every year that I call turning the corner. Yeah. We turn the corner at the semifinals of the national championship. Wow. That is a great story. Well, that's uh, that's why you are who you are, and that's why you all have won eight straight at Baylor National Championships and why you've won 12 straight. So uh, that's a great story. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us today. And congratulations again about the NCAA Women's Coaches Academy. Uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, have much validity if you weren't a part of it. So congratulations on that. I don't know. There's a lot of amazing women there. So That's I was cool. Happy. I'm always just happy to be in the room with those. I was fangirling all weekend with all of the, That's the women that were there. So, yeah, thanks for having me, John, and, and acknowledging all that. I truly appreciate you. Always great to visit with you. Thanks, Fee. Have a great summer. See you soon. All right, thank you. Felicia Mulkey, the uh, outstanding multinational championship winning coach of Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling. This year's was the eighth straight for Baylor A&T. Fee going back to her time at Oregon. It is her 12th straight national championship. So uh, nobody like her uh, in the sport of acrobatics and tumbling and really in uh, in women's sports. So Fee is one of a kind and uh, just wanted to get her thoughts on this NCAA women's coaches academy because it really does Aaron seem like it's it's right up her alley you know yeah it sounds like she had a great time and it sounds like you know she really had some people that were affected by her speech yeah, you know yeah. she said she had some people ask questions which obviously means they're interested and right. come up and just kind of thank her afterwards so yeah. sounds like it went very very well that's great now did you find that website where is that we coach yeah and it's uh it, on Twitter, it's just at WeCoach. At WeCoach. W-E-C-O-A-C-H. But you can just Google WeCoach also, and okay. it'll, it'll bring up their website. Very cool. Didn't know, I, to be honest, didn't know anything about this. So I saw that I Fee had yeah. been there this year, I mean this week. So first I knew about it, and she's the perfect person to talk to about that. All right, thanks to Felicia Mulkey, Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling Head Coach. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will uh, look ahead. We'll share some birthdays with you. Plenty more coming up. John Morris Show will continue in a moment. Probably to you in part by the Sterling Clothing Company. That's Billy Garrett's new venture. Boutique-style clothing has come to Waco, a new store where customers will enjoy a boutique-style setting for men's clothing. What type of clothing, you say? Well, uh, you'll find men's dressy, casual clothing, good for every day at the office or perhaps dinner that night, but also shorts, swimwear, athletic wear, and shoes for the pool or attending the game. It is Sterling Clothing Company, new location at 2012 North Valley Mills Drive in Waco. That's in Ridgewood Village. They're on Facebook and Instagram and on the web at sterlingclothingco.com. You're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. sweeping down the plain and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain you're listening to the john moore show on espn central texas here now is the voice of the sooners toby Rowland from the allen samuel studios here's the voice of the bears john morris and aaron sexton all right, a lot of voices in there. Uh, welcome back, John Morris Show on a Friday, and pleased to welcome in the voice of the Sooners. Toby Rowland joins us now. 
Hey, man, welcome in, and uh, how's your time in Waco been so far? Oh, well, better now that I got a little Rodgers and Hammerstein in me. Thank you for the uh, opening song. Other than that, the uh, greeting was very rude by the Baylor baseball team last night. So it, it was. hoping for a Hoping yeah. for better times tonight. It was. I think I said that. I think uh, greeted rudely. I think I said that on the air last night. And I thought that was Joe Castiglione. That's not Joe Castiglione's version of Oklahoma? You know, it could be. Yeah. You get uh, you get some Italian in Joe, <laughs> and he's liable to break into song. So uh, that might very well have been Joe C. I got you. Very good. Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, waited out the, the rain last night. Glad we got that game in. And uh, I tell you what, uh, it turned into a battle of bullpens, didn't it, when the, when the starters got out of there? Or actually, you know, you guys jumped on our starter and had a 4 nothing lead, but then the bullpens kind of took it the rest of the way. Yeah, that was a little bit unfortunate. The uh, pitch count, or for OU anyway, the pitch count got uh, pretty high on Braxton Douthat early on in that game. So, uh, the bullpen has been one of the big stories this season uh, for OU. They have been very inconsistent. Had a couple of uh, fantastic performances last week in the two wins that they got against seventh-ranked Stanford. But they have had many nights like last night where they have inherited a lead and uh, blown it. And uh, certainly that happened last night. I think Baylor had one hit going into the fifth, and they ended up with I don't know, what was it, 13, 13 I believe? So right. that's 12, 10 runs and 12 hits from the bullpen last night. And uh, they just can't seem to find the combination that can consistently give them good performances. You know, they made an adjustment going into this series by moving their game one starter, the guy who's been their game one starter all year, Cale Davis, to the bullpen. We didn't see him last night. I, I assume we probably will tonight. But we'll see if that steadies the ship out there a little bit. But it's definitely been an issue for this team. Those walks uh, really cost Douthat, didn't it? I mean, that's what mm -hmm. got his pitch count up, and, and he had to leave when he, it seemed like he was cruising pretty well. Yeah, he had uh, four in one inning and uh, five altogether. And, yeah, you're right, he'd only four innings. And, you know, he had been moved up a day each of the last two weekends. He was the Saturday starter all year. We played – uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday series last week against Stanford. So he moved up to Friday, and then this week he moves up to Thursday. So he looked tired to me. Uh, he's been a real bulldog for this team, and you could see that last night. I mean, he fought through it. And even when he loaded the bases there, he got out of the jam, and that's just kind of the way he's been for them. But he looked a little fatigued. Uh, they get an extra day's rest next week before Texas Tech comes to town, and uh, I think that'll do him some good. I got you. Well, uh, apologize to you uh, publicly about the uh, the water leak in your booth. Uh, <laughs> the equipment stayed dry, I know, but it was an ugly scene. And I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when you come to the ballpark today. Well, I'm here now. Oh, okay. When I, yeah, when I arrived, a very nice gentleman was, was replacing the tile, <laughs> and it's all, it's all fixed and ready to go today. So we are, we are good. That was kind of fun. It was a little bit of a... <laughs> Splash Mountain feel to the uh, <laughs> Splash <laughs> Mountain. <laughs> we kept everything dry in here. So oh, that's funny. You got tarps up so it doesn't splash on your equipment and everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that's sorry right. about that, but uh, I'm glad it glad it got fixed for the rest of the weekend. Um, do you think with uh, so Oklahoma? I hear you know by the grapevine, Oklahoma's moving to another conference. Uh, I hear it's going to happen after next year. 
Um, so series like this, you know, this may be your last trip to Waco for baseball. Yeah. You know, next year it'll be in Norman. Uh, should be. I don't know. You can't predict the schedule sometimes. But have you started to think about that, kind of going to places for, for the last time in a while? John, it could be our last trip to Waco, period. You know, um, and yes, every road trip we go on, that's a topic. You know, we're not playing here in football next year. Yeah. And we don't know the basketball schedule, which is not yeah, going true. to be home and home with everybody. Now, it could be, you know, I don't know what you're hearing. I'm hearing that we're probably going to have five home and home opponents and everybody else you play once. Uh, so either at their place or your place. But that means there are some places in the 13-team uh, Big 12 for uh, baseball and 14-team Big 12 for basketball that we will not go next year. And, and I hope Waco's not one of them, but it could be. Yeah. You know? and, and we were in Manhattan two weeks ago, and we were having the same conversation there. We, were, uh, we played basketball in Ames. You know, they don't have a baseball team. We played basketball up in Ames this year, and we had the same conversation there. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, everybody is excited uh, about the, the move, and it's going to be a lot of fun and to play new opponents and go new places in the SEC. But there's also very much a, a sentimental, kind of a sad side to this, too, because um, Oklahoma has lived in this conference, the Big 8 and now the Big 12, and before that the Big 6 and everything, for a long, long, long time. And the relationships that schools have built with each other, athletic departments, broadcasters, fans, is uh, generational. And so the fact that some of that's going to be coming to an end is uh, sentimental at the very least. And I think what's very intriguing, certainly in baseball and basketball, two of the sports that, that we cover, is to see going forward what kind of non-conference matchups, um, if any, are set. You know, there's a whole new slew of a slew of non-conference possibilities now for Oklahoma with these former Big 12 foes. Now, maybe none of them want anything to do with us, and that very well could be the case. I, I think Oklahoma State for sure would just as soon never play us again in anything. They're really upset, and maybe that's the case for a lot of schools. And I can't say I'd blame them, but maybe when time you know passes and things calm down, the idea in baseball of having you know, Bedlam as a non-conference series or game, OU Baylor maybe uh, playing at your place or ours or meeting in Arlington or whatever and playing a couple of games in a midweek or even in a non-conference series. That's all stuff that will be very intriguing, I think, to see how that plays out in the future. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good thought. Uh, I mean, it's sort of like uh, Baylor and A&M. You know, we played each other yeah. forever. We're 90 miles apart, and they leave for the SEC, and, and we say, oh, we're never playing them in anything, you know, and it yeah. just takes a few years, and uh, we may never play them in football. I don't know. We could, but we played them in basketball. We played them in baseball and softball. I mean, it's some good – for those sports like baseball and softball, I mean, it's a good uh, uh, midweek, uh, good RPI matchup. So maybe, maybe it'll – trend that way also for you guys well yeah i mean listen emotion rivalry sometimes hard feelings make for good entertainment you know i mean that's sure. that's a game people want to go to or want to watch because they're mad at oklahoma or they're mad at texas a&m or <laughs> whatever the case may be so um but yeah this this long period of transition here gosh it seems like forever ago yeah. we found out this move was going to happen 
has not gone tremendously smooth in a lot of aspects. And there's been a lot of hard feelings. And so I think that there is an element on the Oklahoma side of it. Like it'd probably be best if we could hurry up and get to that because everybody in the conference that you're living in, it can't stand you, you know, they're mad at you. And so we're we're eager for that day, but at the same time, certainly going to miss coming to Waco, Texas and, and seeing you, my friend, and everybody else in this, this conference that has been so, so good to all of us. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel the same thing. I mean, I feel bad. I'm uh, going to miss you guys. Wish it wasn't happening, but it is, and and we'll just adjust. And doesn't mean Not we can't. Fault. We didn't do it, John. You, you and I didn't do it. That's for sure. Yeah, we just. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Toby Roland, our guest, voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, it was fun visiting with you before the game last night. You reminded me that uh, Oklahoma uh, last year to the College World Series, a great finishing stretch run for OU. Not just the World Series, but the World Series uh, Championship Final Series against Ole Miss. Um, but 13 guys drafted off that team last year? 13 drafted? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was an amazing class, an amazing run, certainly one for the ages in the second half of the season. You know, Oklahoma at this point last year was pretty close to where they are right now. Huh. They won two out of three to open conference play, just like this year. Then they lost their next two series. Um, this year they lost their second series, and they're down here in game one of their third series. And uh, they were sitting at four and five with a conference record and really talking about what do we got to do the rest of the way to make the NCAA tournament at this very point. Wow. And, and uh, got you know, a, a switch flipped. And they won their final five series, won the Big 12 tournament, won the Gainesville Regional, won the uh, Blacksburg Super, ripped through Omaha all the way to the championship series. It was an incredible hot streak. And, um, you know, I'm not certainly expecting that to happen again, but that has certainly been a message for this coaching staff to this team this year is, hey, look at last year. It's not too late for us to still do something special. But that was a that was a team that was loaded with talent. I mean, not just drafted, but you know, Cade Horton was the number seven overall pick. Mm. The entire starting rotation went high rounds. The closer, Trevin Michael, got drafted. Peyton Graham, a high round draft pick. Jimmy Crooks has been uh, rocketing through the Cardinals organization. Uh, Brett Squires, Tanner Treadaway, on and on and on. And it's going to take them. You know, Baylor's going through a rebuilding thing here. And Oklahoma is as well, maybe not to the same extent. There hasn't been a coaching staff change. But there certainly has been such a roster turnover that it's probably going to take two or three years for them to get back to the point where they feel like, you know, we're a legitimate contender for the top of the Big 12 again. All right, uh, game two tonight, hopefully on as scheduled, 630. You haven't heard anything different, have you? I have not. I think the forecast looks pretty good. I think so too. Yeah, pretty yeah. amazing, <laughs> given the given the forecast earlier in the week. Final thought: uh, fun connection, really, between uh, Skip Johnson, the Sooners head coach, and Mitch Thompson, and uh, and Tyler Johnson, who succeeded Mitch at McLennan, played for him there, was his assistant coach, now the head coach at McLennan. Oh yeah, Skip Johnson's son also. Um, that's a pretty fun part of this matchup, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. It's, um, you know, not all coaches in this conference get along great. 
certainly there are some coaching rivalries in all sports, but these two guys really seem to like each other a lot. You mentioned the connection with Tyler. It's going to be fun to watch the battles for McLennan products going forward. I, I think, <laughs> exactly. I think Mitch and Tyler were instrumental. I, I, you know, I don't know what their input was, but we've got several guys from McLennan on this team and on last year's team. Jimmy Crooks was a McLennan product. Sure. Chris Squires a McLennan product, and several guys on this team. And now you got Tyler, who obviously has loyalties to both schools now. And so, anyway, it's a it's a fun connection. And really, just from talking to everybody, you and Derek and everybody around Baylor, it seems like they love the hire. Mitch, Mitch is a real Baylor guy, and that it's just a matter of time, and that the Baylor fan base really loves you know, the fact that he's their leader now. So it's going to be exciting to see what Baylor does in, in coming years with him in charge. Yeah, but well, he's the right guy. He definitely is. It's a great hire for Baylor. And, and you know, a couple of the assistants, I mean, they know Tyler really well also, like James Leverton coached with him. James is our pitching coach, and Jim Blair knows him real well also. So I was talking to them before the game yesterday, and they were giving trying to give Tyler a hard time about, yeah, if you have a, a good recruit, uh, where's he going? <laughs> and Tyler said – well, got to lean toward uh, – no, it wasn't a recruit. I, I take that back. It wasn't recruiting. It was like, who are you pulling for this weekend? And he said, got to go with the man who raised me. And and I piped in and said, you got to be more specific. I mean, he was kind of raised by Mitch and, and Lev and Jim Blair. Oh, yeah, raised by his dad too, but that doesn't really answer the question. Boy, I mean, you ever want I, – I don't know if you're a hunt, hunter or fisherman or anything like that, but – Sit, listen to Skip and Tyler talk for half hour, and it's like you are sitting down with an expert at Bass Pro. That's pretty good. Yeah, really, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, man, I appreciate your time. I'm glad you're here, and uh, we'll see you at the uh, ballpark in just a little bit. All right, you on the call tonight? Yes, sir. I'll be there. All right, very good. Thank you. you. All right, all right, Toby. Thanks, Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners. Great to visit with him. Um, really, if you listen to his uh, answer talking about the SEC, sure they're excited about it. You know, they're going to play new schools. They're they're going to go new places uh, when they move to the SEC. But you can tell there's a little you know uh, bittersweetness in there. I guess uh, not so much that they're not going to go to the SEC, Aaron. But uh, you you can tell there's going to be some parts of the the Big Twelve because of Oklahoma's history. Going back to big six days, you know, that he's going to miss. No J-Mo, no problem. This is the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now back to today's J-Mo radio show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. And welcome back to John Morris' show on a Friday. Uh, regal music uh, befitting our next guest and the announcement he's going to share with us. A new class has been selected and announced uh, today for the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor. Joining us now is the head of the B Association, Baylor's Letterman's Association, Walter Abercrombie joins us now. Walt, thanks for being on with us. John, great, great to be with you today, man. How's everything going? Everything is going great. Before we get to the Hall of Fame, you've had uh, a busy week. Uh, you've been in uh, South Bend a little bit. Letter winners 
Association convention up there. How'd that go? It went really well. And uh, this is probably my, oh gosh, my 16th year or 17th year uh, attending those conferences, man. And I just, I go there, I get energized and, and uh, I learn a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of the new people that are entering our field are coming in with a lot of great ideas in order in, in ways of servicing alumni that, that uh, played sports at the universities. And uh, I just, uh, it was great. And of course, the Notre Dame campus is just, it's just unbelievable, man. It's, it's so beautiful out there. Even in June, it's just, uh, it's just absolutely breathtaking to be on that campus and to see so much history and, um, and meet some of the coaches there. Um, it was, it was a really good trip, but, uh, but nothing tops, the announcement today, though, John. Yeah, great announcement. Thanks for being on with us to uh, to share the news and kind of unveil this class. Uh, i let you have the floor. Tell us the class that's going into the Baylor Athletics and Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor for 2023. Sure. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're gonna have uh, eight athletes that go in with the Hall of Fame, and they're going to be from uh, seven different sports, I'm sorry, six different sports. And that's going to include, uh, I think, the headliner. Uh, nobody would argue this. It was going to be, it's going to be Max Muncie, the baseball player from Baylor, who's now doing an amazing job in Major League Baseball. Uh, Pat Nunley, your friend, John, uh, who has done a, a remarkable job uh, being a color analyst with, uh, with you on the Baylor men's basketball broadcast and uh, former basketball player at Baylor. Pat will be part of this class. A former offensive lineman, you know, and I and I love this because I love offensive linemen, as you probably could guess. Yeah, right. Uh, J- J.D. Walton, who was uh, part of, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the I think teams in the in the two thousands uh, for Baylor football, and then uh, there's Ken Quisenberry, one of my favorites, and Quinn Ken uh, was a safety uh, for the Bears when they won the championship in nineteen. 19- 74 and he he is just really excited you know that we uh reached back and remembered him to include him in this year's hall of fame class tiffany townsend uh you know tiffany many people who are new baylor fans will remember tiffany uh tiffany was a sprinter for the uh, track and field team uh just an unbelievable athlete little short lady who just could just fly uh of course dennis uh lucas I think is uh, you may have a better pronunciation of his last name, uh, uh, John, but um, but he is uh, representing uh, men's tennis, and then Stan Curry uh, back to track and field. Stan uh, was a great high jumper. Um, I think back in the 1960s, uh, he's going to be representing uh, the individual who has been out 40 years or more. And Stan uh, is going to be part of this year's class. Also, Sandy Forsythe, uh, Massey, who was one of our great uh, um, a distance runner when she ran track and field at Baylor um, in the uh, in the 1970s. And then for our Wall of Honor recipient, John, it's going to be Mr. John uh, George Chandler, uh, the attorney out in East Texas, who has been just a tremendous. Uh, um, donor to Baylor University. He has done well in his in, in his community, in his church, and he is representing our all wall of honor in such an outstanding way. And proud to have this class of individuals that we're going to be honoring on November the third um, uh, for for the Hall of Fame. That's Friday night, November the third this fall. 
It's a great class, Walter. I mean, we say this every year. Uh, you sort of outdo yourself every year. But, man, those, that is a great class, and uh, there are no shortage of quality candidates, are there, from Baylor for the Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor? No, you're exactly right. There, There isn't a shortage. In that, and, and so the way our process works is that the way you get considered for the Hall of Fame is that our body of members uh, in the Baylor Bee Association must nominate you for the Hall of Fame. This is, uh, uh, this is just uh, uh, how it operates. It's been operating that way for years. If we don't receive nominations, um, then no one gets considered. And so we have a, our members have been stepping forward and submitting nominations, to their teammates and others uh, who they are familiar with, uh, who've, out, who've been, you know, outstanding contributors to Baylor Athletics. And so this is how it works. And every single year they do a remarkable job sending in folks that, uh, that are highly qualified. And I cannot tell you, uh, I'm just amazed every year. We always seem to get such outstanding uh, candidates to choose from and uh, this year we have an outstanding class yeah really really good I said this earlier Walter uh, share with our audience uh, what it's like you have the great privilege of calling these people and telling them hey you are headed into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame you always have some pretty good stories uh, from those conversations well I do and, and you know it's one of my favorite this, one of the favorite parts of my job is to share this kind of love and excitement uh, with uh, those who are selected for the hall, and and you know, it, it always uh, it, it never it never surprises me, or or it always surprises me that just you know individuals who have reached the heights of some of these athletes, they've been uh, they've re- received all kind of accolades throughout their lives, and but this seems to be the pinnacle for many of them. Um, you know, some of them go on to to the pros, and they'll be. Uh, NFL or NBA Hall of Famers, but to be remembered by your college, your alma mater, uh, in this way, it's always always special. One of you know uh, everybody that I call, without exception, is extremely excited and, and honored, and even humbled to be considered uh, a member of this great this great Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, gosh, when I when I, <laughs> I contacted George Chandler, who's going to be re- our Wall of Honor recipient, you know he was. He was shocked. Now I've, now, I've read this man's bio. He's received, oh, my gosh, hundreds of awards through the years. He's an older gentleman. But, but I mean, he when I told him about being <clears throat> a Wall of Honor recipient this year, I mean, he just broke down and began to shed a tear. He said, I can't believe I, you guys are recognizing me in this way. And, and, and um, you know, he, I can't tell you the number of awards he's, he's received throughout his lifetime. But this one was special for him, and I appreciate the way he expressed himself. That's great. And I know George Chandler, uh, that's a great choice, and uh, I can see him being very, very humbled in accepting that. Uh, Walter Abercrombie joining us, uh, Baylor Bee Association, the announcement today of uh, the eight new members to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame, one for the Baylor Athletics Wall of Honor. One you made reference to earlier, uh, Walter, is somebody I know well. Uh, I would say it's more like my brother. It's Pat Nunley, <laughs> and I can't yeah. tell you how excited I am for Pat to to go into the Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Fame person, number one. And to be recognized by Baylor in this way is just tremendous. It is tremendous, and I'm proud of Pat, and I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased that he's that he's going to be a member of this year's class. And I and you know I I didn't get a chance to uh, to, 
to call and tell him the news. I gave that to one of our committee members who was very close with him. And so um, they called him. And of course, the reaction that, that, that he gave them uh, was just what I expected. Uh, he was so gracious and, and thankful for for the recognition. He almost humbled, like, I can't believe I'm part of it. And, and so uh, I was thrilled. But you know, what excited me, John, was when I had the opportunity to let you know about Pat's induction. Right. And, and, and your reaction is what I got a lot of satisfaction from, because I know you guys work together and, and you respect one another, but for you to be so excited about Pat's inclusion, man, that, that just tells me that you guys are great teammates and there's a lot of love there shared among the two of you. Yeah, well, there absolutely is. And I told you I was tearing up when you told me. And to be honest, I'm tearing up right now just talking about it again. So that just means the world to uh, to me, and I know it does to Pat also. Great selection there of Pat being uh, selected for the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. How about Max Muncy, uh, you know, won the World Series with the Dodgers, still playing with the Dodgers. And with the, with the banquet on November 3rd, now he may be in the World Series again, but hopefully we can get Max here for the induction banquet. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he said he'll come and uh, he's going to be there. He's got it on his calendar. Um, so if if uh, he if he doesn't have to participate in Major League Baseball, he's going to be here. And he said, "Look, you got to promise me that Mitch Thompson's going to be at the event." So nice. so he was excited <laughs> about Mitch and wanted to make sure that Mitch was going to be there. So uh, uh, I really, uh, you know, I didn't know Maxie a whole lot, but I got a chance to visit with him, and and he is, uh, you know, he's been to the top. You know, he's he's uh, one of the great players in Major League Baseball, but he still feels uh, that his heart is at Baylor and is excited about this this opportunity to go into the Hall. Nice. Very good. Great selection. Ken Quisenberry, uh, you mentioned one of those, played football, was on the 74 team. Ken was here, wasn't he, this past fall as uh, a legend of the game, one of the football games? Yeah. I, you know, I just I couldn't get him to calm down about this. About <laughs> really? Legend, you know. Yeah, no, he was just on on cloud nine, and and uh, so when we when we brought him into Waco, he he came, and of course he led the cheer at the beginning of the game with the crowd, and he was just on, he was just a, you know, outside of himself, man, and and just couldn't be more excited. He's another one who, you know, you think all of the accolades are going to go away uh, once you reach a, reach a certain age, and and uh, and he he never imagined having the opportunity to not only be a legend one year and then turn, turn around to come back and be included in the hall of fame. He just never saw this coming. And with all the things that have happened in his life, you know, he, uh, this came at the right time. And, and I'm, and I'm for me as a person, you know, to be able to see someone receive this kind of news in, in such a way, it just, it just reaffirms that what we're doing is, is special we're doing the right things for people, and, and, and I'm glad to be in the position to share the news with others. And Steve was one of those guys who uh, he just uh, – I'm sorry, uh, Ken was just one of those guys who just uh, – who took it in the right way, and he's going to be excited about uh, when it comes to November 3rd, uh, the evening he goes in. Well, that's going to be great. It's a great night. Hope people put it on their calendar right now, Friday, November 3rd. It'll be at the Cashin Building uh, on campus, 6.30 for the Hall of Fame induction banquet. Walter, great job. Another great class. And uh, thanks for being on to uh, share it with us today. Thank you, John. And I know this is a big deal for you, too, because uh, uh, you are the one who gets to come to the event and you emcee the program as you've done 
gosh, all of these years, and, and we're so thrilled to have you part of it. But I think just the fact that you are part of it makes the night special for everybody. So thank you again, and I couldn't, I just can't thank you enough for for being a part of this very special evening for all of the years that you've been a part of it. Uh, so thanks again, John. Well, thanks for saying that. It's an honor. It is an honor to be there. And like I, I like to remind people, I mean, it's a living, breathing Baylor athletics history with these folks and the stories they tell, you know, and their acceptance speeches. And, uh, again, it's another great class. Well, thanks very much. I'll see you soon. Okay, thank you. All right, but thanks very much. Uh, Walter Abercrombie, uh, head of the B Association, detailing the uh, class of 2023 for the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor, highlighted by Pat Nunley. I put Pat in the uh, headline. <laughs> no, it's a great class, uh, but I am uh, I just could not be more excited for Pat Nunley to go into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. So, Walt, uh, Ward, you know this. He, he played basketball at Baylor, uh, played alongside two of Baylor's all-time greats, played with Vinnie Johnson, played with Terry Teagle. There was the night that Pat and Vinnie combined to score 62 points. That's the story we love to tell. Uh, Vinnie had 50, Pat had 12. But it's it was a great night in Baylor athletics history. And then, you know, so Pat was a really good player, a really good player, and and fr- when he graduated, Frank Fallon said, hey, uh, I'd like for you to work radio for the Baylor games. And Pat was just starting law school, and he said, all right, I'll do that. And here we are 41 years later. This year coming up will be the 42nd for Pat doing radio for Baylor basketball. So you think about all that knowledge, all those games he has su- seen, played in, and broadcast and he's got great perspective. You know, the best thing about Pat is he's very articulate, but he's got great perspective, uh, you know, from uh, as a Baylor man and a Baylor student athlete when he does these games. Yeah, he does a great job of just the just what you said, the ins and outs of the game. Not only that, but the history of the game as well. He's a walking encyclopedia of, of Baylor basketball history. Uh, it's enjoyable to listen to you two guys do the game because of the fact that he adds so much to the broadcast as well as just – the, the play-by-play that you do, you want to have somebody that knows the game, yeah. that knows the university or the school that you're doing, and, and he couldn't, you couldn't have picked a better guy. And for 40 years doing it one place, I, there's not many guys out there that can raise right. their hand in that room. That's right, exactly. Second longest tenure of anyone uh, doing basketball color uh, in the Big 12. Uh, Jay Jacobs for West Virginia has been doing it longer than Pat. Uh, but 41 years doing basketball radio. So Pat is part of the class that also includes the World Series champion Max Muncy from Baylor Baseball, J.D. Walton and Ken Quisenberry from football, Tiffany Townsend, Sandy Forsyth-Massey from women's track and field, Dennis Lukash from men's tennis, and Stan Curry from men's track and field. Uh, Then the Wall of Honor uh, electee is George Chandler from over in East Texas, uh, the Wall of Honor really recognizes a former Baylor letter winner who really uh, excelled, represented Baylor well following graduation. So what he has done po- post-graduation for all of that, George Chandler is recognized as the latest addition to the B Association Wall of Honor. So uh, 6.30, Friday, November 3rd, Cash and Building Banquet Room on the Baylor campus. That will be the induction banquet. Tickets are available now and... Uh, we'll keep reminding you about that through the fall, but, uh, it is a fun evening. It is a first class event, Walter and Tammy and everyone in the B association 
put on a quality, quality event. And I uh, hope you'll make plans to be there for the induction banquet on Friday, November 3rd in the Cashin Building. All right, thanks to Walter. We appreciate uh, him being on with us. Walter's a member of the uh, Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. Absolutely, no question about that. And uh, another great group will join him in that induction. Thanks for listening to the one and only John Moore Show. Now stay tuned for the man in the burbs. Give him the heater. Matt Mosley on ESPN Central Texas.